Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the 3D Parent Podcast. This week, we're still talking about bullies, but today I'm going to talk specifically about the bully and how we can help a child who bullies. I talked last week primarily about how to protect a child from the wounds that can be created by a bully and how to bully-proof your child to help them feel protected if they were ever to come into contact with or be targeted by bullying behavior from children. This is the second episode in a row, actually, that I'm going to be tackling the topic of bullies. And the reason is because oftentimes we're really focused on the victims of bullies and preventative measures and protect children who are targeted by bullying behaviors. And that is obviously very important and necessary, particularly when you're dealing with schools and environments where children are all together and perhaps vulnerable to bullies. But oftentimes we don't talk about the bully and what the bully needs and what helps the bully and how a child or an individual became a bully in the first place. And I think that is a really big mistake. Oftentimes when I hear other parents talk about bullies, it's done so in a way that indicates that they've forgotten that that bully is still a child. When they're talking about somebody, a peer within their school who is maybe, I don't know, first grade, second grade, you know, maybe even as old as a fifth grader, and that child is referred to as a bully. And given that label of a bully and talked about as if that child were not worthy of empathy, not worthy of understanding, and frankly, almost talked about as if their life was not as valuable as the life of their child. Now, of course, there is a natural instinct to want to jump in and protect your child, particularly if you feel like they've been hurt or wounded by a child who is acting in a way you'd label as bullying. That's a completely natural and human instinct. But oftentimes we forget that those bullies, those young children who are exhibiting these behaviors, they're doing that for a reason. And that's what we're going to kind of unpack today is to make sense of why a bully becomes a bully, understand how that happens so that we can better understand the needs of a bully to potentially heal and stop these behaviors and continue to harm others and themselves by continuing down this path. So today we're going to talk about 
how you help the child who bullies. Now we all, I'm sure likely could rattle off a bunch of key common characteristics of a bully. Bullies are very dominant. They're unable to be led. They tend to be rule breakers. In fact, it's like the rules just don't apply to them. They're tough, they're cold. Their behavior is to target and exploit the weaknesses of others. And they're devoid of feeling, especially feelings that are the very most vulnerable and really essential for not being a bully, like caring and remorse. So knowing that those are kind of common descriptors of a bully, one might wonder, okay, how does a child become a bully? There's a common school of thought out there, and I'm going to talk about a little bit more in a little bit when I talk about things that don't help a bully to change. There's a school of thought that bullying and bullying behaviors are taught and learned, that that is something that is picked up and kind of that behavior is learned and one child learns this behavior from another child or perhaps an adult in their life who has similar characteristics and they learn and they observe and they take on these behaviors and these characteristics in an attempt to maybe be like these other people in their lives. That I believe, and there are many people who believe is actually not true. That bullying and bullying behaviors are not actually something that are taught and learned. They're actually a defense. And the result from a child who's experienced too much wounding, oftentimes too much separation and loss. Bullies often have been bullied by someone themselves, perhaps other peers, perhaps parents, perhaps teachers or caregivers. Bullies lack a sense of safety in their relationships with others, in particular, those that are in the natural caretaking roles like parents, teachers, older relatives. Bullies have brains that are numbed to pain because they've experienced pain and wounding that has become too much to bear. And as a defense, the brain numbs those feelings. The bully also has inability to feel all emotions. When a child's brain becomes numbed to emotions because they've been wounded and experienced pain to such a high degree that their brain does that basically to protect them, they have an inability to feel all emotions, not just the unpleasant ones, but all emotions, including joy, happiness, but also sadness and caring, empathy, shame, remorse, embarrassment. It's actually one of those key indicators that someone has lost their feelings or has numbed their feelings when they lose the ability to feel embarrassed. And you can see this physically, of course, when in a situation where you would expect someone to be embarrassed and perhaps to get flushed and their cheeks to turn bright pink or their face to turn red because of embarrassment, because a bully has a numbed brain They no longer flush, they no longer blush, they no longer feel embarrassed. Therefore, that kind of chemical release that causes the blood to rush to the cheeks and show a flush is not there. I wanna read this quote quickly by Brene Brown, who is a writer and a researcher on human 
behavior and emotion. And she has written extensively and spoken and actually one of the most downloaded TED Talks of all time is on the subject of vulnerability. And when we look at a bully, there's no doubt that they have a vulnerability problem in that they have an inability to feel vulnerable feelings and emotions. Here's Brene Brown's quote. We cannot selectively numb emotions. When we numb the painful emotions, we also numb the positive emotions. Okay, so understanding the common characteristics of a bully and then understanding how children become bullies. They're not born bullies. They don't learn how to become bullies. They become bullies out of a defense from experiencing tremendous wounding, pain, separation, and loss. So knowing that and having the same understanding that bullying behavior is not something that is taught or learned, there's a lot of approaches to try and combat bullying behaviors and stop bullying behavior that are therefore completely ineffective and unfortunately are the most commonly used interventions. One of the most common is punitive punishments and consequences. Oftentimes schools have adopted zero tolerance policies against bullying and those often will lay out specific consequences and punishments that will come to people, children who are identified as bullying. Because the bully does not have access to their feelings, the idea that punishments and consequences and threats of zero tolerance policies are going to stop bullying is misguided. Why? Well, it takes someone to care to have that actually be a deterrent. The fact that a bully does not feel their feelings and they don't care about consequences and they say rules don't apply to me, well, why on earth would then a punishment, a consequence, a policy stop that behavior? Why? Similarly, another common approach is to think, okay, well, if Bullying is a learned behavior. We can help bullies unlearn these behaviors and adopt curriculums that teach things like empathy and thinking about another person's feelings and taking other people's perspectives and feelings into account. There are a lot of programs or approaches in schools that encourage children in classrooms to share their feelings and experiences in kind of an open dialogue. This is something that happens actually in my children's school and something that my kids have really, really valued in building community and problem solving and working out disagreements that are happening on the playground. Just recently, my eight-year-old daughter came home from school and she said that she was really upset by some things that were going on on the playground. There were some kids that were not being fair and not sharing certain balls because my child is going back to school during the time of COVID. There's a lot of restrictions to areas in which they can play and materials they can play with. And because of that, it's made it more challenging than normal for kids to kind of define their space and play their games because of all the limitations and restrictions due to COVID. And because of this, there was a lot more struggles going on in the playground than normally were occurring, at least from my child's perspective with her peer group. 
So she came home and she shared this with me and she was very upset. And I contacted her teacher and her teacher immediately engaged in bringing the class together and having these open discussions and sharing their frustrations with each other. And this is a wonderful approach and something that I'm so grateful is happening at my child's school and as part of community building and problem solving. However, it was very clear to me and also clear to my daughter, although she didn't like some of what was going on the playground. At one point, she did use the word bully. And I asked her, okay, is this a repeated pattern of behavior? Is this something that this child or these children are doing just for the sake of hurting you or hurting other people? Are they doing this just for the sake of making you feel less than or hurt? No, no, we're, we're just fighting because we want to play in this area and we want to play with this type of ball. And there's only one of them and they want to use the same ball to play their game in their area. And they feel like 